And I have a question about leverage. If you're on the ground, is it possible to break their nose? Ooh. Oh, yeah. Well, yes, of course it is. Uh, you can break the nose. Stop, stop. You can, I love the fact that he's smiling ear to ear as he says that. <laughs> now we can go on. Yes, yes. This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome to another show. Sensei Michelle here. I never get tired of saying how excited I am about today's show. You guys need to say hi first, though. Hi, everybody. It's Jackie. Hi, everybody. It's Landon. Today, our excitement is all caused because our guest is Sheehan McKinnon. He's back on the show for, I think, maybe the third time. I don't know. It seems well, I like... have a little a little shout out. He was on our 100th episode. So that oh, was that's awesome. right. yeah. it is the third time. So then. it is the third time. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm very pleased to, to be here for the third time. Uh, and it's so nice to have you back and especially for an amazing topic. That's right, because on top of our very cool guest, we are revisiting one of our favorite topics, wrestling. But before we get into wrestling, let's first review a little bit about Sheehan McKinnon. He's a semi-retired karate teacher, an author, and a fully retired military man. Us, and if you want to learn more about him, you can certainly go back to our first episode with him, and that was an interview. And that, Landon, was on June 7th of this year. Wow. I know. So about six months ago now. Let's remember also that Sheehan has a book coming out pretty soon. Now, do you want to give us an estimated time when that book's going to arrive, Sheehan? Yeah, we're hoping we're hoping Christmas still. We're hoping to get it out by Christmas, but we've had some delays and maybe January. Still hoping Christmas, though. Fingers crossed. I am actually fingers crossed for a Christmas book. Oh, we could buy it for each other. That's right. Ooh, <laughs> that like would be awesome. Of giving the book, and then we'll do it on the episode. That'd be that fun. Be cool. That would be fun. But seriously, if you're doing his autobiography and he's part of the show, does that work at all? It makes it even better. <laughs> Talk about from the horse's mouth. <laughs> okay, it's time for us to get down to business, isn't it? Yes, it is. So, Shihan, when you listened to our wrestling episode, you and I got to talking about it. And we both thought it'd be a great idea to talk about wrestling's place in reality defense. Boy, that's a handful of sentence. It's a lot of assistance. Now, I know you have some strong opinions about this, so let's jump right in. I'd like to first run over something that you perhaps missed on your wrestling series, and that's the Scottish Highland Clans wrestling. Did you, did you touch on that at all? I don't think you did. I don't think I heard that. No, we um, didn't, and I want to apologize to your Scottish roots. That's 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 okay. I believe those Highlands games date back a really, really long way, don't they? Yes, indeed they do, um, right back into antiquity. It came about when the Highland clans weren't actually warring with each other. <laughs> they would have an annual games when the weather was conducive. The idea behind it was to prepare their warriors for the physical conflict that arose in the in the battles. Their games included all of the fighting that they would take part in, and that would be weaponed and otherwise. But as you probably know, one of the only types of fighting still to remain in the present-day Highland Games is wrestling. Today's Highland Games wrestling is much more like you're all-in wrestling. However, the wrestling of old was more what we would term unarmed combat. The whole point of which was to train skills 
that were needed when in battle. I do understand that. Now, when you say all in combat, we would term that no holds barred? No holds barred. Yeah, that's exactly okay, right. Okay, good. I just wanted to clarify that. Good one. So then that those games of, of old led to a lot of what you're going to talk about today about how in reality we are going to fight with no holds barred. That's good. exactly right. Yeah. The, the kind of wrestling we're talking about should definitely be part of your of your game plan for self-defense. Again, it touches the same subject. Just to, to clear on the on the main difference between consensual fight and self-defense situations. If at any point there is a mutual agreement to take part in a physical confrontation, regardless of how much you may have been badgered or verbally abused, if you say or indicate that you're willing to take it to a physical level, for instance, okay, I've had enough of your abuse, or let's let's take this outside, or simply do the Bruce Lee thing, you know, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and, and signal with your hands, then this this is a fight. This is not a self-defense situation, which take place mostly in respect of ego focus at that point when the male development uh, has a testosterone level up. And we they, totally they, agree, and and it is definitely something that goes on in all continents. That's that's exactly right. Exactly it's, the uh, same. Wouldn't yeah. you say that the biggest difference between what you're calling consensual or even um, like a tournament situation and something where self-defense was concerned is the fact that in a self-defense situation, you need to aim your attacks at much more debilitating targets than one would be allowed to in the other situation. Absolutely. I'll, I'll give you, for instance, an experience that I had and I was taken to the ground. I'll give you a, bit, a little bit of a warning with this one. During the course of my security industry profession, I was attacked many times. <laughs> I, never went, <laughs> I never went to the ground voluntarily, but on two occasions, I inadvertently found myself on the ground. One time was when a huge guy, now just to clarify, uh, I was in my prime in my late 30s to early 40s. I'm almost, well, I was almost six foot three. I think I've shrunk a little bit now. <laughs> uh, and, and I was 190 pounds, not exactly small. This guy was 25, easily six foot six and 250 pounds. Whoa. So, a monster. Um, I refused to get out of his way to give him access to my client. Get out of my way, you skinny so-and-so, he said, oh, or I'll break your neck too. And then moving very fast for such a big guy, he bowled in a big right hand, uh, really putting in his 250 pounds behind it. You'd think a near miss, would the wind from it would knock me over. Uh, executing a, a, an agyuki, a rising block, mm -hmm. and moving in, using taisabaki, moving in, and then circling it around his neck, I locked on a headlock and I used my other hand, my thumb, into his eye socket. Of course. Yeah, wow. into his, yeah, gross. That's what I'm saying. No, into his it's, eye it's socket. perfect. That's what you have to do. <laughs> Sensei right. loves that in the dojo. She always loves the eye poke. Yeah. <laughs> As well, did my it, teacher. Yeah, yeah. Well, at this stage, usually, now I'd use this technique a few times. At this stage, usually... They scream, oh, not my eye, not my eye, and, and that's an end to it. But, but this, this guy was, like I said, he was huge, and he lifted me up like I weighed no more than a child, and it was about to break me over his knee, I think. So I flicked his eye out. Oh! oh. 
and we both went clattering to the ground and and I, I then inserted my thumb in his other eye and at that point he screamed not my other eye not my other eye and it, and it stopped at that but that's what I mean by you really need to take it to the extreme sometimes it's not something you you've wanted to do you know it's something you've been forced into and your job is to survive that by any means he told me he was planning to break my neck so what am I to do right. uh, most self-defense situations are against someone bigger, stronger, younger. Definitely. I 100% um, agree with that. I think so, too. It's not a fair fight. You're, you're not squaring off. Mm-hmm. It's nothing. You've got no choice. So mm-hmm. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that your viewpoint matches my viewpoint, which is, if it's at all possible, don't take it to the ground. That's exactly right. If at all possible, do not take it to the ground. When I, when I was young and, and in that age bracket where the, the testosterone's up and, and someone picked on me, I'd do this so it'd be a fight then. And uh, and it was it was more or less a Queensbury rules, you know, Marcus of Queensbury rules sort of thing. And, okay, let uh, me interrupt you right there because we discussed this before. We uh, definitely need to bring up those old rules and talk about them one day on another episode. Deal? Absolutely. Because absolutely. In today, even when two young men or two guys in a bar who drank too much do consensually decide to meet in the alley, they don't really follow any kind of code of honor at that point. That's right. Yeah. And and that's a different whole topic. But the point is we would really like to learn a little bit more about those. um, Marcus Queen's very rules. Thank you. I wanted to put the queen before the mark. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a different set of rules. That's a totally different thing, isn't it? Yes. With the advent of the MMA style of training now, I, I think it's much more likely that someone is going to try and take you to ground. Most and, certainly. And, and I, I still say, don't go to ground. That's the very, very last thing you want to do is go to ground. Uh, because in, in that adverse situation, they could be bigger, stronger, or there's more than one person. And, and uh, someone else might want to kick you in the head while you're down there. So. Yes. When it's the situation where someone is pushing you or someone is is attacking you and it's the self-defense situation, there's always someone else lurking in the background, in my experience. So just because I don't think we've ever done this, or if we have, we haven't done it in a really long time. Let's talk about extremely vulnerable targets that you can hit on a person who is absolutely trying to take your life. That can be done both standing and on the ground. This is not for some kind of fun. So I'm just oh. going to kick off the party with the groin because I know neither of you are going to pick that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the groin. I said that I used that technique for the, the thumb and the and the eye socket and, mm-hmm. and providing that they give in straight away, they, there's no damage. The, the flicking the eye out, even that, he, he went off to hospital and got fixed out. He, I, I didn't gouge him, I just flicked it out. The thumb was, goes under the eye and you do that with it, you know. Um, okay, let me interrupt you again here because the audience can't see you. So I'm saying, I don't care what you say, it's gross. (laughs) But Landon is not wrong. I do believe in a life and death situation, this is where you have to go because it is a very vulnerable area. Another one I really like, tell me your view on this, is the throat. Absolutely. And I have a question about leverage. If you're on the ground, is it possible to break their nose? Ooh. Oh, yeah. Well, yes. Of course it is. 
and you can break your nose. Stop, stop. Can, I love the fact that he's smiling ear to ear as he says that. <laughs> we, now we can go on. Yes, yes. Okay, the break in the nose can happen like this, so how much room do you need? Right, it's a little palm heel it's strike a, it's on a little, little piece of cartilage. That's right. Boom. Definitely. But it definitely changes an attitude. Oh, more than that, I think. You know, I'm picturing wrestling being everybody intertwined, right? It could be done with an elbow or a knee. Absolutely. Just in case you were in some kind of weird configuration because you ended up on the ground. Those would, and yeah. even your own head. To break their to nose. To break their nose, right. Yeah, because yeah. I, I teach that one standing also. I love that one in a standing situation. I'm not much of a head butter, but in that... Is that even a word? Yes. Head butter? Yes. <laughs> it sounds like the thing that, you know, butter. But in in that one situation where it's your nice, strong skull against their weak cartilage of the nose, it is... Uh, Absolutely. I used to call it a Glasgow kiss. <laughs> <laughs> you because, Scots. Because in Glasgow, it's typically the first thing that happens in a fight. If people are arguing at this, if you raise your hands, you're, you're warning them. So if you're if you're arguing, you're you're only this far away, and from here, the Glasgow kids drop the head in. Yeah, <laughs> that one gave me just as much heebies as the eye thing. This thing with the hands too, you know. This this is a, a very unaggressive way to to be talking here with the hands, mm -hmm. and the throat is easy to to reach from there using mm -hmm. using the webbing, and it doesn't take much to actually doesn't take an awful lot to actually break. The uh, the voice box there and it bleeds. They can very quickly die if they if they're not take, given medical attention straight away. So before we walk away from this, for the audience's perspective, uh, Shihan is doing what all three of us do when we get really excited talking about something. He's using his hands on his own body. <laughs> and I want to say, I want to say we do have a recording of this, so we may we may just may have to put some of these sections on YouTube. Would it not be a riot? Us, we all. I say us. yes to that, Landon. Okay, Can I, so. I have something to add, Sensei. Oh, great! So this one, you're going to have to be quite creative. Um, if you were on the ground, a sweep and a takedown. I think that is such a great technique to use on someone. To, to really get their body down to be able to do that that controlling or, or, or killing technique. Uh, okay, let yeah. me say back to you what, what I think you're saying there, Landon. You're, you're advocating for sweeps and takedowns, which is just you taking the person to the ground, but you not going with them to the ground. Us. Okay, yeah, I'm on board yeah. now. I a, yeah, I'm on board with that for sure. I was in a, a in a crowd control situation in Glasgow, actually, and, and <laughs> there, there, there was three of us uh, crowd control and there was multiple people and there was a riot virtually and uh ashi barai sweeping takedowns or 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 worse you know like a muay thai um using the shin on Ooh. the knee on the Ooh. side of Ooh. the knee that that's, that's another good one follow it straight away by standing on that head or something <laughs> and if you uh, can't get to the head you could always take the throat right Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The throat, the, the middle of the chest is is good. That that usually incapacitates them for a while. Uh, the groin area again is good. Um, I, I actually always wore a, a groin guard when I was working. Always, always. Oh, that's, that's interesting. interesting. Yeah. One of those situations would have got the guy like this, got the thumb in his eye. The first thing he did was try and grab my groin, but of course sure. there's a 
the box. So he's just yeah. gone like that. And I just put a little bit more pressure. And, you know, all right, all right, all right. And he stopped. Oh. <laughs> I wanted to just add, you, you mentioned about my military experience. And uh, the, my experience in that kind of changed my view on fighting, on self-defense, on, on and how easily it is to actually take nice. a life. For instance, it's called fighting with extreme prejudice. It's not exactly self-defense, um, but you don't really have much choice in it, you know. For instance, taking out a sentry, you, you want to do it with no noise, and um, there's, there's several ways to do it. There's a technique which is almost like a, a, a sleeper, a rear sleeper hold. Some might call it a, a rear naked choke. Mm-hmm. You know, so you understand what I'm talking about? Yes. This situation here. The way of breaking the neck is to adjust it slightly. So thinking like that about taking a life made me think differently about mm-hmm. self-defense and about this whole industry that I've, I've been part of for most of my life. Mm-hmm. And compartmentalizing the consensual fighting, the self-defense under extreme pressure. And even as you mentioned, going back to a, an, an honor code of things like the Marks of Queensbury rules, and even before that, the more brutal Scottish games. I mean, you have a, a history of people adjusting to their life as needed. That's really the point that we are trying to make today with the concept of all the wrestling we talked about. We really didn't hit on that, but that is an important point, right, guys? Definitely. Um, the most important certainly. point. Absolutely. Yeah. And I do want to thank you for bringing that to our attention. But I think you do have one more story where it ended up on the ground. Is that correct? Yes, I do. I do have another story where it ended up on the ground. And um, I, this this is even yuckier than the last one, I'm afraid. <laughs> I, I, um, I don't know if I can take it. I don't <laughs> think that we could go more down from that story. <laughs> Yeah, well, okay, I'm picturing the eyeball thing and I'm saying, okay, give it a try. You didn't even get my down pun. <laughs> <laughs> it can't go more downhill from we there. I'll give you a drum yeah. roll. <laughs> yeah, again, a person's size does make a difference. Where most people would have problems getting me to ground because I've got a very strong equilibrium in my, in my fighting, my stance. But this, this guy wasn't as big as the other guy, but he was a, a four before. He was, you know, he's, <laughs> he's what we call a four before. So he virtually shoulder charged me. I, he might have been a football player. And, and down we went. And I had no idea what, where we were going to from this, but I managed to get hold of his hand and I bit part of his finger off. And it's gross biting somebody. Let's just say that. <laughs> when, when I talk about biting in self-defense, and I, do, I used to do ladies' self-defense classes, I used to tell them that their teeth were a really good weapon and that if they should find themselves you know, in defending their life or, their, or, or whatever, then, then biting is a good one. And bite whatever comes to your mouth. And, yeah, and unfortunately, bite, that's true. <laughs> and, and, and bite until your teeth meet. Bite until your teeth meet and shake your head like a dog. Wow. That was awesome. Well, I don't know exactly how to finish this off if, except for to say I hope that when people listen to this, they do three things. One, just stay out of situations where you're having to make these extreme decisions. 
Absolutely. Right? Choose an alternate. Two, realize that in fighting for your life, no holds are barred. Anything is going to happen. That's right. And three, Us. if it's at all possible, I hope they get to laugh when they listen to this as much as we laughed while we were doing it. It has been a pure joy. Absolutely. Us, a lot has. of fun. We always learn so much from you, and uh, I'm so happy that you were able to join us again. And I can't wait for the next one. My pleasure. If you guys want to let us know anything about wrestling or otherwise, contact us all over the web at Wildcat Dojo. Add the word conversations, and you're on Instagram. Make it Dojo Conversations at AOL, and you're sending us an email. One more time, I'm going to say thank you, Shihan. You're welcome. Start my goodbyes, Sensei Jackie. Bye, everybody. See you next time. Bye, everyone. And I'm Sensei Michelle, signing off for today. All right, before Sensei Jay says thanks for watching, let's talk about it. Honor Honor Athletics, athletics, of course. course. You can text or call Cynthia at 770-945-5150. You can also reach her at honorathletics.com. And of course, don't forget to say Wildcat Dojo on checkout to get your 10% discount. Thanks to Cynthia for sponsoring us. And thanks to all of you who shop with her. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again next week on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.